This episode was brought to you by the Social Fishing Membership, Australia's fastest growing freshwater platform, giving you the resources to catch more fish. Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. G'day everyone and welcome back to the Social Fishing Podcast. Now this episode is 65 and I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. I'm going to be joined by Ben Wiseman who is a Social Fishing member and we're going to hear his story about winning the recent AYC competition at Wyangla Dam. We're going to run through the process of how Ben had previously fished it his few years before. He actually became a member the week before the competition and went on to take out the comp. The best part of all is he used the techniques from our trip report. We went uh, on a fishing trip just the week before. We had some really good success. We posted a trip report inside the membership platform. Ben jumped on, become a member, applied those techniques and went out to win the comp using those techniques after struggling the week before, applying a different technique. He then changed what he was doing used what we said and took out the win. It's a pretty cool talk. Uh, we go into the whole process of what Ben did, why, how he won the comp, but he also runs through how that information helped him. So it's a nice, short, punchy episode, this one. And make sure you listen to the entire thing because towards the end, Ben and I start to just talk about some random stuff and he actually asks me a couple of questions um, and then we go down a couple of tangents about talking about how COD behave and things like that. So it's a pretty cool app. Make sure you jump on and listen to the entire thing. It's good to be back behind the microphone. Hope you enjoy this episode. So Without further ado, let's jump in with the one, the only, Ben Wiseman. Welcome, guys, back to this episode. This is a little bit different. I've got Ben Wiseman on, and we've got a pretty cool story to tell. When it first happened, this whole situation that uh, Ben and I are going to talk about, I was pretty wrapped. But first of all, before we get into it, I want to welcome Ben. Thanks for joining me, mate, to have a bit of a chat, and congrats on your win of the AYC. Uh, not a worry at all. Thank you. So what happened was with the lead up to this, we actually did our Wyangla trip and I said to Dan when we got back, I said it would be pretty epic because we knew the AYC was coming up the week after. We didn't plan it that way. This trip was planned for about three months and Dan goes, oh, the AYC is on. He actually fished it thinking he was pre-fishing it for the weekend after, but he didn't realize it was a ban. So he never ended up fishing it. He did think he was going to, but he goes, imagine if a member takes it out and that's basically what we're going to talk about now because, Ben, you are an SF member, joined up the week before and took out the AYC. Can you tell us about the story? Just run us through the whole story. Um, this is a pretty cool one, so you want to watch the entire video. Run us through your pre-fish weeks prior, your whole um, – how did you get into AYC? Actually, start with that. When did you start fishing the cod legs of the AYC? Uh, we started fishing those in 2019, so Wyangla was the first one that we did. Yeah, 2019. Um, yeah, got over there first time. Actually, landed a fish about four hours before the comp first cast in the really? middle of the day at one thirty in the afternoon. Yep, so that's cool. It went about ninety nine centimeters, and then yeah, after that we just got a donut for the rest of the weekend. That was in so, twenty nineteen. That was in twenty nineteen. Yep. So, yep. Then that was the only comp we fished that year. But then going forward from 2020, 2021, we just fished every comp we could. 
Yeah. So what? How many other cod leagues are there in that comp? Ah, uh, so the last couple of years it's just been Wyangler and Copeton. Yeah. So Copeton's they... usually in the springtime. Yeah. Okay. And then are they the only comps you fish, or do you fish other cod comps as well? No, no. So they're literally the only comps we fish. Like do the Pertec challenge with the young fella whenever yep. that's on. But yeah, we usually just chase and ready to the others there. So why did you get into what made you get into the doing the AYC, especially those couple of cob ones? Um, well, we got right into impoundment fishing in about 2018 is when we got right into it. Going over to Copeton, probably did seven or eight trips and for one fish it was about 45 centimetres. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> it's a damn of disappointments most of the time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we decided to hit up a mate who might do the Wangler comp when we seen it pop up on Facebook in 2019. So we went over and give it a crack. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, we only got that one fish the morning before. And then, yeah, after that, we did, like Bruce does a pretty good raffle at the end of it. So we won a few raffles. You find out how different guys are catching fish and what they're doing and different techniques. So we're all for getting into it a bit and trying to work out how to catch fish. So you, you say even just surrounding yourself with people in, say, a comp scene and learning from them is huge? Like you've learned a lot from yep. talking to people? Yep. At the comps? Definitely. Even just talking or just listening to the guys that actually come a place and what gear they're running and what they were doing. So yep. it's quite helpful to try and work it out because it is a bit daunting going out in an empowerment trying to catch a cod. Yeah, yeah. So how'd you go in 2020 and 2021? So 2020, we got a donut. And then 2021, we actually got one fish that was 91 centimetres. Mm-hmm. We came ninth, but yep. same thing. We spent like we scanned it up on the live scope because I got live scope in spring 2020. Yeah. So first first comp we got the fish in was the um, Copeland Classic in 2020. Yeah. So we used the live scope for that and just followed fish around and couldn't get a result. Yeah. And then second comp was Wyangler <clears throat> in 2021. So same thing. We just kept cruising banks, looking for fish, trying to cast at them. But we found one that was we were sort of debating whether it was a fish or wasn't because it was right up in the shallows, head first into the bank. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was driving the pole. And then Walshy, the guy that was with me, he flicked the plastic straight out and it just came out and smashed it. So it was definitely a fish. So is that the first, what was your first encounter on the live just outside of the comps? Did you encounter, did you catch that fish? Was the first, that was the first cod that we actually caught with the live scope. Right. Um, yep. I, I got live scope in September for Father's Day in 2020. So yep. the next week we went straight out the windy because I'm in Dubbo. So we're only an hour down the road from Mudgee. Mm-hmm. So we went straight out the windy and got a, there was a 50 centimetre yellow within three casts and thought it was the best thing going. And then, yeah, just had, didn't really catch more fish after that, basically. You could see them, but just trying to entice them to eat is the hard thing. So, big learning curve, using it? Yeah, definitely, mate, yes. Yes. I bet that is the answer for most people, I reckon. Um, she's a real learning curve, and people who go, oh, it's real easy, you just see fish and catch them. It's just a totally different game to that. No, that's certainly not the case, mate, no. Obviously, you've had sessions using it and catching fish on it. Um, but anyway, so let's fast forward now to this year's Wyangler, um comp because can you just tell us how did the winners, if you remember, or 
I don't know if you remember who won it or how they won it in 2020 and 2021. Um, were they people who were using the live to catch fish for those two years when it was lower? So, I think. Last year, the skis boys won it and they were definitely using live technology. Yep. Um, the year before, I can't remember off the top of my head, the skiers boys yep. came second, I'm pretty sure. Yep. But yeah, I don't know whether the winners actually were using live tech or not. So this year, obviously, and obviously you're always going to go out and use it first crack. So did you run us through, you fished pre not pre-fish, there's a week pre-fish ban, but prior to yeah. that, run us through what how many trips you did so, and what you did and how you went. So yeah, two weeks before the actual AYC round there was the June long weekend. So with work, we had an RDO on the Tuesday. So a mate and I decided to go over on the Monday after everyone would have left the dam to go over and have a scout around and have a bit of a look because the water level's up so much higher than what it was end of last year was the last time I fished it. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole, it's a whole another lake now. Like there's so much water there. So we just literally wanted to get over there and suss it out. And first things first was just get a track on the GPS for us to follow. So if we did show up in the dark, we actually had a track to work off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we spent a night over there. Um, found plenty of fish. They just didn't want to eat. So when was this? One. A couple of weeks before. So that was two weeks before. So it would have been the two weekend weeks. before you guys went over. Yep. Yep. Right um, every fish we saw were weren't in the shallows, obviously, because we couldn't see them in the shallows. Mm-hmm. Um, we only had one follow, so one hit out of that. We had a afternoon session and a morning session, and that's all we got out of that. So yeah, right. Did, so it was tough. Did, yeah, very tough, very tough. And I yeah, I wasn't. So were you confused? Were you were you? Would you expect it to be tough, or were you a bit surprised that those fish you were seeing weren't reacting, or did you? Because we, or did you see a heap of fish and that didn't like, or was it a lack yeah, of fish? We, no, no, we would have saw over saw over twenty fish in those two right. sessions. So definitely cod because I don't know, like I'm running the Garmin live scope. So when you see a big fish, you'll see that paddle tail kicking on the screen. That's when you know it's a decent fish. Yeah. And yeah, would have seen over 20 of them and only got one to turn and follow a lure. Right. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting to catch much in the AYC around the tell the truth. After right. that pre-fish and actually getting no fish and only one follow. So. Yeah. Okay. So then talk us through that week lead up or <clears throat> what you followed on from what you saw that we were doing because we were there we had no service we got back on the monday run us through what you saw and that whole entire week and then run us through the comp and once you got there yeah so after that pre-fish basically came home scratching their heads trying to work out what we we're going to do and i saw you guys put a post up with a report saying that it was in the sf membership on tuesday i think it was Mm-hmm. So I was sitting down having a morning coffee and decided to sign up and have a bit of a read. It was, yeah, a fairly in-depth report. It took a while. It took yeah, a while to put together. A, there was a fair bit of information there. Yeah. So after reading that and after just having so many different boats producing fish with the technique of casting in the shallows and just disregarding the live technology altogether, I thought, well, maybe we might need to give this a crack. So we got... We went over to Wangler on the Thursday night, mm-hmm. which was the night before the comp started. Yeah. So we just go over there, set up camp because you can fish the Friday 
Mm-hmm. So we wanted to get over there and try and fish the Friday before the comp started that night. So we got over, fished that morning, had a look around, couldn't, same thing like when we did the pre-fish, we still thought we'd rely on the live technology, see if we could get some fish to turn. Couldn't get any fish to turn. We had one hit that morning. So after we did that and didn't really produce the results, so like, no, nah, we'll, we're just going to go mark shallow points leading into bays as you had. So you did that report. during like the afternoon or like the lunchtime? Is that when you did the No, marking? no. So we fish right up to about 10.30 in the morning on the Friday. Right. Yeah. And we ran right up the Abercrombie. So from the boat ramp to right up where we were was nearly a 40K run. Yeah. So we just wanted to make the most of being up there because I'm only running the little 420 Renegade with a 50 horsepower motor on the back of it. So it takes us a good hour to get up there. Yeah. So we just went up and started marking points, shallow points leading in the bays. So we yep. had a reference point. Um, and then yeah, we went back and had lunch and then ran up the Lachlan and did the same thing. So we had points on both river arms. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, came back and just decided that's what we're going to do. We're just going to try flicking shallow points. So went to the briefing on the Friday night, opted not to go out on the Friday night because of where we wanted the fish was so far from camp. It was a good hour run up there. So by the time you do the briefing, get all your gear, get the boat in the water and get up there, you probably wouldn't have got up there till 9 o'clock anyway. So was that so pretty just, hard to not go out, like to stop yourself, or you were, you were pretty confident? Yeah. No, that no that's, that's the first time we've ever opted not to go out for a session in a comp. Wow. Did, so, are you one of the only that did that? Like, was there anyone else that does that? I'm not too sure, mate, to tell the right. truth. I know yeah. we had another team camped with us. They went out for the night. Yeah. Um, but we opted just to stay at camp, have a couple of beers around the fire, get to bed early, and then we hopped up at 3 o'clock, made a coffee, and just went straight up the Abercrombie and started working those points that we marked the day before. Yeah. And then so, run us through that morning. So that morning, yeah, we got up to where we wanted to fish by about 4.30 and just started with the points that we had marked closest to where we were camped and just started working our way through it. So we we're still scanning around a little bit with the pole, still having a look, but we we're still both flicking as best we could. Um, right through until the sun started coming up. It was an overcast morning. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at quarter to eight was the first fish that we actually got. So we got that on a very shallow point near a stick of timber. So before a... that happened, were you a bit, a bit, before that happened, you were like, this is not, like, was there a moment there where you're like, I'm really not sure if this is what we should be doing. Should we be doing the other because we've just fished yep. the whole prime time and it hasn't happened? I bet you. Yep, def- definitely, mate, because we went right through that sunrise with no action whatsoever. And it's so, and it's the opposite technique to, like, you've got that incredible technology there and you were doing something completely different. But then do you think it's because of your why did you keep casting? Was it because your pre-fish was so tough and because we had had success with that, you just kept at it? Yeah. 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 We thought we're gonna we're gonna fish this, we're gonna fish it hard and try and get it done. So Yeah. So tell us about that, that first that fish. So yeah, the first fish was at quarter to eight in the morning on a gigantual in a Charlie Carp colour. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically the swim bait hit the water. Um, we took all the chin weights off the swim baits because we were fishing so shallow which is actually the first time that I've ever done that. I've always had right. a chin weight on it, trying to fish four or five metres of water. 
or trying to get a lure down to the fish is what you're seeing on the screen. Was it hard doing that? Um, it was hard for us because I was fishing yeah. that shallow when we fished the trip. The fish were boiling after the hook set. Yeah. They were that yep. high. Yeah. No, it's the first time I've ever done it. And yet, it's surprisingly how much more the lure actually works without a chin weight on it. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got a 75 at quarter to eight in the morning on the gigantral. Yeah. Um, yeah, which was good. Like, well, there might be something going on here. This might actually work. So then cruised up to the next point, nothing there. Then we had a point marked directly across the river. So we just cruised across with the electric motor to the point and literally first cast in with a Yania straight out to the point. We kicked it in the gear and rolled it and probably two metres from the bank. I got hit by a metre 75, which was yeah. at 20 past eight in the morning. Yeah, that was so. the biggest. That was the biggest for the weekend, yes. What was it? 107 and a half centimetres. That so was a metre 75 yep. no millimetres because yep. yeah, it's competition Tom. fishing. It's all in millimetres. Yep, so it's 1075, um, yep. Yeah, that's right, yes. That's cool. That, yeah. I bet you that was, that was the uh, icing on the cake to know you were doing the right technique then. Definitely. Once we got that second fish, we're like, no, this is what we're doing all weekend is we're just going to fish quick. We're just going to come into the point, work it, move across the bay to the next point and keep working. Yeah. Um, most of the fish that we got for the weekend was on the first or second cast coming into the point. Well, yeah. On the, like, first or second cast as you started on either side of the point or as soon as on yep. top of the point? Like we were stopping a good four or five hundred meters away from the point with the big motor and coming in with the electric as quiet as we could. And as yep. soon as we got there and started working around, because we were only working probably a hundred meters either side of the point, if that. We were just yep. cruising through with the electric as slow as we could. Still had the live scope pointed on a 45 degree angle at the front of the boat. Yeah. Just so we could still sort of see bait and that, because you'd come up to the point, you'd see bait stacked up and then it'd drop off on the other side. Mm -hmm. As soon as we worked around that, we just scoot across that shallow bay to the other side, work around, and yeah, there was no fish there. We just moved up to the next point, so we'd spend no more than 20 minutes in a spot. Just worked quick, just moved, moved, nice. moved. And so, then yeah. run us through the rest of the fish. They just kept coming in for you, didn't they, consistently sort of spread across they, the trip? They did that Saturday morning. We got four fish to the boat, so at 9.30... Walshy, the other guy that was with me in the team, he got an 85 centimetre on a yep. cantrell in a goudang colour. And then yep. about nearly an hour later, I got an 80 centimetre fish at 20 past 10 on a red belly black cannier. And that yep. was just working further and further and further up the Abercrombie all morning. So they so kept chewing quite well. Yeah, they the kept light. chewing right through. Like it was an overcast morning, it caught me off guard. Like I was still biting at 20 past 10 in the morning. Yeah. So we continued to fish until 11 o'clock. We were pretty hungry, so we decided to pull the pin and head back to camp and yeah. fill out a catch sheet for a change and work out the plan of attack for the afternoon. So um, then how would your afternoon and morning finish up? So then the afternoon we opted to go up the Lachlan because we wanted to fish both arms and work out which was going to be the better spot to spend the Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. So same thing. We had those marks previously marked out from the Friday morning before. So we just went right up the Lachlan and started working our way back down, back towards camp from there. Mm -hmm. um, 
probably work for about four hours. At that quarter past five, I got a 69 centimetre fish on the gigantrel and the Charlie Carp colour again. Yeah. That was the only fish we got for that afternoon session and night session. So yeah. We only absolutely. fished until about eight o'clock that night and pulled the pin and ran back to camp. Yep. And then I guess you headed up Abercrombie after yeah. that session? Straight, straight back to the bank where we got the meter 75 was the Sunday morning. We just hopped up again at three o'clock in the morning and got on the water at four and just went straight to that bank. So then yeah, same thing. Well, I was rotating between a gigantrel and the Gania just because the gigantrel takes it out of you. Like yeah. Casting that for about 20 minutes in naked. So we started throwing the Gania around, but yeah, after about an hour of fishing, while she managed to get a metre four on the gigantrel and a coped and magic colour. So, so I bet yeah, that when that happened, much. you guys thought you might have had a chance. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah. So is that what you thought? You thought we needed one more big one or did you think you could win it one? With one more big one. Like we thought we may have been contenders after the Saturday morning session. Um, yeah. By rights, we would have had it one on the Saturday morning session regardless. Oh, really? With a what? A metre and the metre and what other fish you get? An 80? So we had a metre 75 and an 85, an 850, sorry. So that would have got us to, it would have been... So you knew you were up there with those two fish? Yeah, we knew we were like we'd be contenders for at least coming second or third. The <clears> is last... that because you knew it was tough going up there? Or you just yeah. Just just going off previous years. So last oh. year's winners is the guys one that was only one point eight meters of fish. So it was only right. a meter in a smaller fish. Yep. So just going off previous years, because originally when we started fishing the comps, it was just biggest fish wins. It was just a single fish. Oh, the last okay. couple of years, they've changed it. So it's your biggest two fish. Yeah. So you makes it a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more competitive. You've got a bit mm. more of a chance. Yeah, more um, skill based so, rather than luck of just getting that real big one. you got to do it twice kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So. Yeah, you got half a chance. Like, you don't necessarily need to catch a metre fish to win the weekend. You can catch two in the 90s and you potentially got a chance of winning or coming yeah. close to it. Yes, how good. So when that one, the, the second metre hit the deck? Yeah, no, nah, that was it. We cracked a beer and had a beer before the sun came up and headed back to camp. We were done. Really? What time did the comp finish? Lunchtime? So you got to have your catch sheets in by about 8.30 in the morning. So oh, we were right. safe. Yeah, because we were so far up the river, we still had a bit over an hour run back. So we just headed back to camp and filled out the catch sheet. And yeah, so you didn't have much time. Sorted. You didn't have much. No. Like, you would have only had another, what, half an hour to fish or something? Yeah, yeah at best, mate, yes. Cool. Um, so let's go back to uh, the moment that you joined the membership for that info and what it actually, well, we can... Just basically what you said there, it helped you with the comp. But is did you do you think you signed up just because of the fact more so that you were there and it was tough, and then you've seen someone else go there and catch fish, and then yes, that was one Definitely. of the big reasons. That was one of the main reasons why I did sign up. Yes, and because I'd literally you... been there the week before and we didn't catch any fish, and then you guys were there a week after and you started producing fish. Yeah. 
and were you surprised at the technique or did it make sense? Did it like a uh, little bit surprised? Like, yeah, we like we've done plenty of cod trips before we had live technology, didn't always catch fish. Yeah, it's probably like, yeah, like when I grew up, predominantly we were river fishing, so you'll see snags, you'll see rocky outcrops you're like yeah that's where the fish are that's where we've got to cast whereas you go to a lake that's not necessarily where you need to fish so i think we wasted a lot of time in the long, wrong areas to begin with trying to chase fish that weren't actually in those areas mm-hmm. so since we've had life technology it certainly helped to find fish it hasn't helped us catch fish but since mm-hmm. having that and then signing up for the membership and just changing my perspective a little bit and actually taking out the AYC around at Wyangla this year is, yeah, it'll certainly change the way I fish in the future. It's pretty cool. That's what I said to Dan because he's like, well, I can't fish it now um, because he didn't realise about the ban. And he goes, it'd be pretty cool if someone uh, fished it and won it. I was just, would have been keen for people to fish it and catch fish. There was actually two other members that fished it and caught their first cod in that comp um, using similar techniques. Um, And then a couple of other blokes who'd been fishing it when you were the few weeks before and he'd struggled to catch fish and he actually got his first metery um last week and another bloke who had never chased cod i told you this story just before he jumped on he'd never chased cod in his entire life he's a saltwater guy and i'm actually going to have a chat with him as well and he and his mate were planning a trip to Wyangla, saw that we put up a report decided to join and caught 10 cod for the three days and they both got a meter each and they never chased cod before. And I feel like that upsets a few people who have still been chasing that meter cod for years, but that's just how cod yeah. fishing goes. No, um, as I said to you, mate, he's set up for a life of disappointment there. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, it just goes to show. And, and just in your own words, just explain how important that knowledge that prior knowledge was and the impact of the membership and give us your insights your opinions on the platform as well i'd be interested to hear yeah well just reading the report certainly changed how we fished that weekend and producing the results is yeah it was certainly worth it mate like signing up for it um had a little bit of a look around it's certainly very informative in regards to like already know how to fish and all that kind of stuff but just up-to-date reports and new techniques it's certainly helpful um it certainly helped with us when we went over to Wangler. like we never would have fished that way without actually signing up and reading that report yeah so i think it'll certainly help produce fish or a lot more fish in the boat going forward being on that platform mate yeah nice that's the go um and i like, like to see that big trophy out there that looks good Hanging on the wall? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good, mate. I am also... The last one, apparently. So. What do you mean? Uh, it's the last one that Bruce had. The, the bloke that makes them is not actually making them anymore, so there won't be any more trophies like that. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's actually a pretty epic-looking trophy. Yeah. No, it is quite neat, mate, in the person, too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's safe to say that the uh, membership paid for itself, I guess, with... Uh, the cash prize and the winning of that. So well yeah. done for making the Definitely. move. It's pretty hard. Some people struggle just to make the jump on something that's not tangible. Like people happily spend money on lures and which you'd probably back. Um, yeah, I should probably spend way too much on them to tell the truth, mate. You probably buy more when you're not catching fish because you think you're throwing the wrong ones. 
Yeah, yeah. And people just seem to find it hard and when something's not tangible like information, but as you've proven, as you've shown by taking out that comp, that that knowledge, well, you've got to have the gear to start with. You've got to have a boat and a rod and lures and that, but the very, very small price you pay for knowledge makes a huge difference. Even if you're just going on a fishing trip and you want to catch fish, would you? Yeah, say? definitely, mate. Yep, definitely. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. Yeah. So what's your plans going forward? Have you fished anywhere lately and how are you going to approach your sessions now? Because the funny thing is that technique is only specific to Wyangler at the minute, as you would know. Yeah, like they'll feed, changes, mate. Yeah, they'll feed like that. I imagine they'll feed like that this entire winter. They're still doing it now, but yep. next winter could be different. But every other waterway is different. For example, Barrenjuk fish is completely different to that. So how are you yeah, going to be right. fishing? Where do you fish for cod mainly, Copeton and Wyangler? Yeah, just Copeton and Wyangler because they're probably the two closest dams that seem to produce big fish consistently from yep. where I'm located. Like, yeah, we do go to Burrendong a fair bit, but that's usually get sidetracked with reddies and yellows there. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it a pretty hard dam to fish for cod just because there just seems to be so much bait in that place compared to everywhere else, just in regards to the red fin. Um, so I haven't quite worked that one out. So, yeah, usually spend most time in Wangler and Copeton. Um, but we probably only get away probably eight times a year in the impoundments chasing cod anyway. Yep. So, so what's your plan for Copeton AYC coming up? Is it going to change uh, your outlook on how you fish it just a little bit or? Definitely. Even though it's a different a dam. Yeah. So we'll certainly try and get over there one or two times prior just to see how it's going. Um, if you want to do a trip a week before and put up another report, I'm all for that too, mate. Yeah, Dan did say that. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll take um, that advice. When is the comp? Uh, it's in October. Towards the end of October this year. Yeah, we know. We might, so, we might make that work. We'll see. We'll see what we do. <laughs> see if we can make yeah, it work. But um, yeah, the young fella's still got rugby for another two weeks. So as soon as that's over, I'm planning on doing a trip over with him back to Wyangler, mm-hmm. um, before the season closes, just to give it another crack. Yeah. Um, nice. So yeah, we'll that's the go. Back up and try the same techniques and see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, good stuff. Have you got any advice for anyone after what you've learned and what you've seen with the live tech um, and people jumping in to use it for the first time? Have you got any kind of advice you would give someone after the experience you just had without it at all just to give them help for when they jump in because there's a lot lot to learn and it can be pretty daunting trying to catch fish on it? It it can be, yeah. So... I think the biggest lesson I've learned is don't spend too much time chasing fish that don't want to eat. So you'll be able to find fish, but most of the time they won't want to eat. So we've found a lot of fish on it and we've only ever caught one fish, like one cod using it. Really? Yep. So we've probably seen up upwards of over 100 cod on that screen and we've only produced one fish out of that. Yeah, most of that has been at Wyangler. There's been a couple of sessions at Copeton. Yeah, I don't know whether that's just because of how they feed Wyangler in the winter time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's certainly a lot to be said not to get too caught up in it. The other thing that we did differently too with this recent trip to Wyangler was we fished quick. So mm-hmm. we've never really fished that quick. We usually find a bank or a point we like, and we just cruise around that slowly, scanning for fish. 
whereas we had a plan of attack, as you pointed out, you were catching fish on shallow points leading into bays, bays. So we just, that's all we wanted to fish was just those shallow points leading into bays. So we just worked through them as quick as we could. The more bays or more points we covered, the more chances of catching a fish. Mm-hmm. And that's, that definitely produced the results. So we did see a lot of other boats out there that are running a lot of tech that do the AYC rounds for cod and yellows as well. Um, and there was a lot of people bent over at the front of the boat staring at screens, chasing fish that just didn't want to eat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's all I can that's say. Just don't get caught up with it. It's, yeah, it's not going to catch a fish. It'll help you find fish, but get them to eat is the hard part. So what do you find the best feature of using it actually helps you with? Was it in that trip just being able to see the gradient of the bank and the point? Is that like the most the best feedback you're actually getting from your sounder and how you're actually using it during that trip was that's its best quality was giving you depth yeah. and like gradient of the bank. Yeah. No, it certainly helped with the gradient. Like yeah, for shallow points, it certainly helped us identify those shallow points that gradually came out in the water and didn't drop off. Um, yeah. As I said before, we did notice a lot more bait stacked up leading up to the point and coming off it, which mm-hmm. concentrated the bait there. So it certainly helped find the concentrated bait because Wangler's got a lot of bait in it. Like they'll say, find the bait. You'll drive around with your traditional sonar in the live scope. It's everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. It, that that can be another hard one too. They say, find the bait, find the fish. It's not necessarily the case because there is bait everywhere. So it certainly helps you identify where there's more bait stacked up in certain areas. Mm-hmm. So would you say in the membership one of the most beneficial parts is actually the reports because you can know as much as you can about cod you know how to catch them but on any given day like you just said can you do a trip to Copen before we go that first-hand knowledge even if you are the best angler out there that first-hand knowledge goes an incredible way hey definitely mate yes yeah um, it made a world of difference like if we didn't read that report i guarantee that i wouldn't be there flicking shallow points leading into bays with swim baits without chin weights on them back to the point of what you just said about why angler has all that bait so they say find the bait find the fish which is a general rule but because of that system it's different it's like having that local knowledge of how the fish behave in every individual system like the fish in burrinjuk currently are feeding completely different to the fish in Wyangla, complete completely different to the fish in blaring and that's the whole point of what we do in the membership platform is we have people fishing all of them sharing info on how they're all fishing, which makes a huge difference. For example, I, if it was just me on that Wyangler trip, it would have taken me all trip to figure them out. But because we had six or seven of us fishing it, and as soon as we all copied Adam, because he caught, he got four hits one more. You would have read it in the story. He got four hits doing that technique first thing in one morning versus Dan and I scanning for one hit. Um, And we're like, right, we've got to swap and change. And then we all changed and then, that all worked, so we just all did the exact same thing, and the last morning produced so many fish. So, yeah, yeah, uh, it certainly helped. So, how would you normally fish a lake that you wouldn't fish all the time? Then, would you normally scan around and see if you can catch fish, or what's mm, how would you work? That's that a tough out? question. That's a good question. So, prior to live tech, well, I guess you just cast, but now that we've got that as an addition, um, I kind of plan my trips to either use it or not. So 
if I would use it, yes, I would use it to scan around. And it depends if I'm doing a really short trip where I'm going for just like a morning. Actually, can't use that example because if I'm only going for a morning or a night, I know the lake because it's close. Um, and if I'm doing an extended trip, let's say I'm going to Eild and haven't fished it since summer, um, I would use it to figure out what they're doing. But then now, even I even learned that Y Angler trip, I probably learned more about cod than in my entire life because of so many different opinions and so many people throwing so many lures. There was 13 of us, I think, all throwing, you know, different lures to a point, fishing different areas, fishing the same bite time. Like you've got six boats fishing different parts of the lake with different techniques on the exact same morning. So yeah, yeah. the pressure's the same, the weather's the same. The only variable that's different is the location, like the specific spot, like the bay or the point and the person throwing that lure. So we were able to work out pretty quick. And the biggest lesson that I learned was that the live, you've really got to start not relying on the live technology as much like you talked about. Um, if they're not working, if like if it's not working, if it's working for you and you're catching fish on it, then use it. But as soon as you realize that the fish out deep aren't feeding, because you know that they're up shallow everywhere in winter, they're up shallow feeding. You just can't use it. You can't see them. You've just got to put it away and start casting. Um, so if I was to fish a new dam, let's say I was going to Copeton um, or Eildon next week because they're two I haven't fished for a long time, I'd use it yep. to start with, but then you would mix up your sessions. So let's say daytime, I would probably use it quite a bit to see their behavior, even though in the day they shouldn't really react as well. But I would fish the first session, so the first morning session, I would do both. I would scan but also cast. So we did that last year when we went to Copeton. We spent the first morning casting surface, casting shallow and just having it sitting there. Um, and when we spotted a fish that went through it, we would then try and figure out what reaction we were going to get from it. But you also want to take note of what depth it's at because I don't know if you've found with the ones you have cast at, if they're wide of the bank up off the bottom cruising, they're very highly unlikely to not be feeding. Yep. Um, so those ones are very highly unlikely to not be feeding unless you're in Burrenjuk. Wyanga is a place they do sit high on the trees and feed as well at the right time. They do it a lot in summer because obviously the water temps are different they push deeper and when they push deeper they go hold on the trees um yep. so that's what i'm talking about that local first-hand knowledge of how they feed in each system it can be even the next bank in Burrenjuk where they're actually on the bottom but then the next bank they're all mid-water sitting on trees um so i would see how those fish react and if we're getting reactions from the ones that are cruising i'll then use it to try and chase them um but for example say blaring We've just been, I've been fishing quite a bit. It's almost pointless to run it because there's no structure and they all feed from the bottom. So you can't see them and they're in like two yeah. meters of water. So, yeah, if I was, it's a tough question to answer. Um, but for someone to be able to take that question and go apply it, I would use both on a session or I would have the mindset of going out for that first night session or the first morning session to just use it, just scan, see what they're doing, see where they are. The reason we did that at Wyangla, right? So that's a perfect example. Went to Wyangla, we scanned for the afternoon and that night session for a couple of hours. I didn't just blind fit. I did a couple, but if you were to say the whole technique I was using was more scanning and there was a heap of bait and between Dan and I, we could not find for the night. We didn't see any. We saw that one and I actually caught one, but that was on a blind cast up shallow to what I thought was a fish, but the fish that ate me was still off the screen. 
and instantly that changed the way we fished as well as what happened with Adam because I caught mine in half a meter of water and I'm like, yep. well, we're not going to be able to scan them, so we'll go straight. So I've taken that tiny bit of info, which was kind of luck, straight up um, to go, right, well, we're not going to go scan them out wide because we're fine and bugger all. The next morning, I threw top water knowing that they were shallow. Then as that first light got past, I scanned for ages. I went from the point into a bay out to a point. And that's how in that report I was able to say all the activity was on the points because the activity was alive on both points, but the bays were dead. So it, yep. even though I wasn't catching fish with it, it gave us a heap of info to be able to just watch fish behave, find out where the bait is, see where the big cod are. Um, and once we couldn't, we actually couldn't find them. So you know how you said where you found 20 odd the week before? Yeah. Yep. yep. We actually couldn't find them. I found three yeah, and all, right. th- all three wanted to eat it. Um, Most. Most of the fish that we did find were actually in the main basin. Right. So, yeah. So that was back towards the boat ramp a fair bit when we did yep. find them. Like we'd find probably five or six fish altogether in a sort right. of maybe 20, 30 square meter area. But, yeah, so isn't that just, crazy how they can behave different from the basin to one arm? Yeah. That Like yep. when you think about it, you're doing a 40K run, fair up. Like up the river, it's going to be a little bit different than what it is in the main basin. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah, we we did go up the river as well, but we didn't see as many fish up the river. That mm. was on the pre-fish. So, yep. obviously, we couldn't see them because they were in the shallows. Yeah, yeah. So, it's almost like you treat the system like two different places when it's that yeah. full yep. and they behave like that. So, you worked that. We didn't work that out because we didn't go to the basin. But, obviously, up the river, I found three and... All three wanted to eat. I dropped one and the other two like wanted to eat it but didn't quite grab it, but I couldn't find them. It took me a whole night and a whole morning to find three and when you look at your chances like that, it's like, well, this isn't right. There are stacks of fish there. They were just all up shallow. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah if, yeah, if I was to go to Copeton, I'd do the same thing. I'd chase the ones out wide, see how they're behaving. Uh, if that didn't work, cast shallow. But it depends how many days you got. You know, if you just got a night and a morning, you kind of have to just pick a technique that's worked for you in the past and stick with it, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. No, it's, hard to, does, it's hard to adjust a technique and get enough info from one, you know, eight-hour session. It's not enough. That's why that session with 12 of us fishing is almost like me sitting there for two weeks fishing to a point trying to get all that info myself um so yeah that's how i would approach i definitely still use it like we did the session at blaring the other night uh and had our best session on it yet they actually we found a couple that were willing to have a crack at it whereas normally they're always completely ignore it and it's pointless you're just better off putting it away and fishing not necessarily shallow but fishing from you know one to two to three to four meters but the fish sit on the bottom and they'll fly up from the bottom in four meters because they're hiding and ready to ambush as soon as they're off the bottom yeah, and cruise, right. yeah as soon as they're off the bottom and just cruise in midwater they're not ambushing they're not in a feeding mood and they're all like that in blaring so yeah it's, it's funny yeah, how right. that <clears throat> yeah whereas barren duck's different the one we caught at barren duck the other day with talos was just up cruising and the one that he had one that bust him off he dropped one and we caught another one. They were all midwater cruising, but that's because those fish in that part of the dam do that. Um, and are you finding? Have you got to put the lure on their nose, or are you sort of floating at a meter above their head, hoping they'll turn and follow when um, they are up in the water column? There, those ones at Barrenjuk, one in every twenty will be that switched on, like anywhere. You know where you find that one fish 
it's like maybe a four percent of all cod are like yeah in the moment you're on top of them, they're like in a full switched on feeding mood. Even that, if that's first light for 15 minutes, you know how you can just tell, I don't know if you've ever seen it on the screen or even just when you're normally fishing, the ones where the lure hits the water, you're like two cranks in and it just gets absolutely jammed. Those yep. are the fish that are just, they'll eat any color, any lure, any shape. That happens very rarely. That happened to Dan the other day, whereas the one that Taz caught, the other ones we got, they had to be close. The cast had to be spot on. Um, it's still a meter or half a meter to a meter above their head. Um, we don't roll it on their head because they'll usually spook. They want to be able to turn and chase. Um, yep. But it's got to be lined up with them. If it's two meters to the right, they're not going to grab it. There's very rare, yep. no, nah, very rare that a fish out wide cruising will do that. You get that from the ones that are up shallow, ready to ambush. Which is why, if you don't have live tech, or even if you do. You still got to sometimes put it aside and fish winter time. You still got to put it aside and just put those casts up shallow because that's where you're going to find the higher percentage of those real aggressive, not aggressive, but completely angry, switched on cod that are just going to eat anything because they're hungry. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely does, mate. Yeah. And that question. was the other thing that blew me away too was with all the fish we did catch, they were all on different colors. Like we had uh, like the Charlie Carp colors, like a carp colored fish with a white belly on it yeah and the red belly black gania was just an all red gania mm-hmm. so then the um the gudang gantle that's all black with yellow fins yeah and then the coped and magic's just an all white color yeah so yeah the, the colors just didn't seem to affect the fish that we were catching up in the shallows and that'd be because those fish were switched on hungry yeah you kind of have to do less to get them to bite, if that makes sense. Like, you, you, you've retrieved doesn't have to be bang on, doesn't have to be right on the head because they're in that feeding mood. Yeah, that definitely yeah. worked anyway. Awesome. Thanks for the chat, mate. Thanks for sharing the story. Um, and for anyone listening who has maybe seen the membership or hasn't, or you, obviously you won the comp, but in your own words, your thoughts on it and for someone who's a beginner or even someone who knows how to fish like we've had a bit of look bit of a look around in there um it's quite helpful i found the maps that you guys have done there on each particular lake and certain river systems like obviously i've just looked at the lakes that i fish all the time so i've looked at barandong a little bit bit of cope and then a bit of wangler so it's certainly yeah there's a lot of information there in regards to where you should try and spend your time depending on how you want to fish and what the fish may or may not be doing up there so i've certainly found the maps very helpful um as well as the trip reports which yeah they're worth their weight in we need to do more of yeah we need to do more (laughs) of that that's the only thing i need to get some more people well we do the monthly reports uh where we have everyone writing reports for those systems they fish all the time monthly so it's something yep. that's something like really consistent and obviously the trip reports are like super detailed i don't know if you saw the copedon one from last year we did which is obviously relevant in its own way but you know not as relevant as for example one week before with your y angler one um and that's why we just want to try and get on the road as much as we can to do those trip reports and when they line up with something like an ayc it's good as to why you mentioned we should probably go in october was it uh, yeah, it's in October, late October, mate. So yeah, um, well, um, yeah, it'll certainly be a bit different in the springtime, anyway. 
Yes, yes. Well, I've only fish coped in the once in the winter, so it'll be interesting to see what it's like in the spring. So who, never, who knows? I've got a heap of travel in this spring, so we'll see if we can get up there. I know there's a bunch of members at Fish the AYC now that jumped on. There's actually more than just yourself. There was about, there was about five or six, I think, that um, jumped on that week and previous to that that fished the AYC. So I'm sure they'll be happy if we head up to Capeton before the comp. Yeah, definitely, mate. Probably just need to pay a little bit more attention and go a bit quicker. Well, I can yeah. Say just, yeah. Fish and quick certainly paid off. So. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for that, mate. I appreciate uh, the chat and good luck with the next comp and congrats again on that win. Obviously, it was all your work. You guys put in the time. You did the effort. I'm just really glad to have played a tiny, tiny little role in helping you get there. And I appreciate you sharing the story and becoming a member as well, joining on and sharing what, uh, the story of the win. Epic win, mate. Congrats. Not a worry at all. Thanks, mate. I'll talk to you. Righto, mate. See ya. And there you have it, guys. That is the chat with Ben about the story, how it all unfolded, and how the membership made a difference to his fishing. The reason I wanted to share it is because it is a very, very cool story. And like I talked about at the start of that interview, I was only talking to Dan sort of just as we published that trip report and said, how amazing would it be if an SF member took out the win or even placed or even just did really well? And like I said, we had some stories from other members jumping on, catching fish, catching their first cod, even one fella who had chased cod for the first time only a couple of weeks after the competition and landed 10 cod, including a meter cod for him and his mate. First time chasing cod. So the whole point of this episode, if you take one thing away from the episode, it will be to make sure to continually learn. And you're obviously doing that. You're listening to this podcast. Consume as much as you can. Learn about a waterway before you visit a waterway and don't underestimate how important knowledge is. Knowledge on fishing techniques, knowledge on the species you're targeting, but also knowledge about how that waterway is currently fishing when you're going to visit. It'll make a world of difference to your sessions. If there's a second thing that you take away from this episode is to go become a social fishing member. Join our platform. Our online community is growing every single day. It's great to see so many people jumping on and it's even better to see how we're able to help those anglers achieve their dreams. I'm getting so many messages on a weekly basis from members going, hey, thanks for the tips. I caught my first cod, caught their first cod on surface, or some of the big ones we've been getting recently because it's winter of people getting their first impoundment cod in the winter time. We're here to help you right throughout the year, no matter what the season, whatever the style of fishing, if it's freshwater based, this is the place you want to be. You'd be crazy not to join the community. It's growing ever so quickly and we're continuing to grow the content, the maps, the reports so much. So make sure you jump inside and check it out. That is the social fishing membership. I'll leave a link in the show notes so you can check it out, but also just go to socialfishing.com.au to learn more. So become a member today. It'll change the way you chase freshwater fish. Righto guys, that is it from me. I will be back with another podcast episode very, very soon. So stay tuned on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this for notifications on the next episode. So until then, that is enough from me. My name's Reese Creed and you've been listening to the Social Fishing Podcast. <laughs>